You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Eagles are at the podium and we've got it covered thanks to the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kist, and in our attempt to bring you every nugget possible from the Eagles training camp, of which we are now three days deep into, we have some fresh press conferences for you, two in total, with Eagles defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz up first from when he spoke to the media on Friday. Then after the break, it'll be offensive coordinator Mike Groh from his question-answer session on Saturday. So the Eagles have the day off today, which is a Sunday, so no after-practice thoughts via BGN Radio today. But they return to action tomorrow and throughout the week, so make sure you're subscribed on whatever app you're using to listen to this and follow BGN underscore radio on Twitter to get updates when new shows are dropping into the feed. All right, let's hear what Schwartz and Groh had to say when they were at the podium. Guys, you know, is it hard to put together what you want to put together uh, without some, some key people? Uh, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's just life in training camp. Um, I think I'd rather them be missing now than be missing during the season. So you got to take that kind of approach when guys are coming back from injuries and not try to rush them and get them out there too soon. Sometimes... Um, you know, you need to be a little bit more patient. And long-term coaches generally don't have a lot of patience, but um, sometimes it's warned. Did you shed any light on uh, why Crave on the block? It was injury-related. What's it on you adding Matt Murphy to coaching staff? Yeah, you know, another guy that's been a coordinator. Um, gives me another set of eyes. He'll be up in the box during games. Um you know, and just, just give us a different perspective. You know, we've been three years in the same defense. We're in the fourth. Um, getting some new blood is never a bad thing. I got a background with him, but we also parted for a ways. Um, so appreciate appreciate new insights and stuff like that. He's he's not coaching a position. He's sort of over the top. Um, but it helps me because I'm sort of over the top too, but there's only so much you can see um, at one time. And um, gives me a trusted, uh, a trusted coach that I've been with that can help me with that stuff. Jim, with pass interference now being viewable and challenging, do you have to be a little more careful in what they do? Um, no, I think you coach. You still coach with good technique. You coach good technique, and the players play with good technique. And you just realize that some things are going to look different in um, 4K slow motion replays than they do on the field. Um you know, and that's it, it puts more on the plate of Doug and his staff whether to review a play offensively or defensively, but it really doesn't change our coaching. Um, we still, could we, you know, before we weren't trying to get away with anything. Uh, we weren't trying to, you know, um, you know, have sneaky fouls that nobody saw. So you still keep coaching the same way, but it does have more on not just Doug and his staff, but every uh, every coach around the league when it comes to whether to challenge or whether not to, because they're big plays. Like 
seems like they just want to see they're going to see elements of both offensive and defensive interference in a lot of plays. Yeah, and that's the way it's always been. Um, you know, we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to see how they officiate it and try to, to try to play to that. We said a long time. It doesn't matter what um, I think as a coach. It doesn't matter what a player thinks. It doesn't matter what you guys think. It's what the officials think, and that's what we need to play to. Jim, I I know it's early to rotate guys at this point, but just in general, your thoughts on corners playing inside versus outside and when because Avante has looked very good, but he's still a, a shorter guy. So mm-hmm. how does that affect? You know, I think it's it's different in a lot of ways. You see some slots in this league that are sh- real short, quick guys, and then you see other guys that are big, physical guys. Um, I think it helps us to have different body types that can play in there. There's different schemes we can do to try to mitigate that a little bit. But um, pretty much, you know, there, there's, there's a big value in versatility. There's big value in being multidimensional. And corners that can... Um, that can play physical and also have the quickness to be able to match up on some of those guys. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned Vontae, you play with good technique. You can mitigate some height advantages sometimes, time your jump really well, you know, those kind of things. So um, we'll continue to have guys play inside and outside. It's important to us. You know, over the course of the year, you're going to have guys press into duty at positions they may not have um, played in the game at before or practiced at. It's just, um, you know, it's it's all part of the same thing. I mean, Malcolm played seven different positions for us last year in defense. In a game, he played seven different positions. Not everybody can do that, but the ability to play two is a big um, – and that's not just secondary. That's linebackers and that's D-line. Um, you know, it's just it, the things that comes up from matchups, like you mentioned, or just necessity. Are there higher expectations on – Derek Barnett, I mean, being that, you know, Michael Bennett and Chris Long are back, and, you know, he's been hurt, and obviously, you know, do you have pretty high expectations for him? Well, yeah, I don't know if there's any higher expectations. I mean, we drafted him in the first round. Our expectations are high, and he has rewarded us for that. Um, Made a lot of really key plays, um, particularly down the stretch his rookie year. I think about, you know, sack against, um, sack against, uh, sack strip against Minnesota when they were driving. You know, I mean, they got a chance to tie the game at halftime. Instead, we strip it, we score, we get the ball back quick, we score again, and all of a sudden, you know, the party was on. Um, he's made a lot of plays for us and was playing really at a high level last year before he got hurt. So I don't think his expectations have changed. We expect a lot from all our guys, and he's a key component to that. And it's good to have him back, even though he was limited in what he's done so far. It's good to get him back on the field. He'll be a big contributor this year. What have you seen so far uh, throughout the spring and I guess early on here from Josh Sweat compared to you know, where he was last year? Yeah, it was it's a huge difference between being a rookie and trying to learn and trying to adapt. And it's not just the on-the-field stuff, but the off-the-field. He was battling some injuries. And to come back a second year and have it all under your belt, have the experience of getting a little bit of playing time, um, you know, you say the game slows down. That's a, a real common um, cliche. But I think it's just you just become so much more comfortable and you can see somebody's ability. He did a really nice job through all of our OTAs. Um, but how he contributes this year will be dependent on how he practices in training camp and what he looks like in preseason games. But we're excited about him. He's, he's long. He can play with some power. He's got speed. Um, he's around the, uh, the passer when he rushes because he's so long. 
Um, there's a lot of good things with him. He just needs to have a good camp, and I think that he's focused to be able to do that. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's he's strong as can be. You know, he played two gap at Florida State. You know, I mean, you look at him, and he looks like a 400 meter sprinter. But he was, you know, legs wide and, and squared up and, and doing those kind of things. He's probably got he's he's got some of the strongest hands of all our defensive linemen, which. You know, then you start putting him into situations where he can use his speed a little bit more. It's just a, it's a bonus that a lot of other guys don't have. He's, he's very strong. We feel strong. But we feel um, strongly about him stopping the run. Your, uh, your pass rush group overall is way different than, than what you had last year in the defensive line. How do you see it? Is it better? Is it not as good? Do you, think you, do you have a lot to prove there? Yeah, I mean, I think... I say it all the time to our players, uh, the defensive line is the engine that runs this defense. Those guys embrace that. They know that they have to set the tempo for our team being physical, um, swarm around the quarterback, chase the ball, you know, all those different things. Um, But I think that, you know, every team's a little bit different. I don't necessarily view one one as better than the other. Everybody has a little different strengths and weaknesses, and um, it's great to have Timmy back. You know, that was one of the guys that, like, that was the first question last year is, like, you know, when is he going to get back on the field? And it was a tough time for him last year. But he's starting from the very first play yesterday. You felt Timmy's presence on the field. Malik, um, you know, it took Malik a half a minute to understand what we were doing on defense. He's a tough out. He's so long. He's so big in there. He's a really good pass rusher in there. Um, You know, got a guy like Fletch, get a guy like Derek Barnett back. Um, you know, BG healthy. This he, BG wasn't practicing this time last year. I think I, I'm I'm very optimistic where we can go. And then adding other players, we traded for Hassan Ridgeway. We got the development of Trayvon Hester and Bruce Hector and um, other guys on the outside, not just uh, Josh Sweat, but um, Joe Osman has really been impressive going through a lot of this stuff. Sharif Miller showed up a little bit yesterday. I think we'll find enough pieces to be able to put it together. It might look a little different than last year. But I think we'll find enough pieces that we can go, um, you know, we'll see, you know, when you got guys like Malik and, and Fletch that can rush inside, we might not have to go to having defensive ends inside as much as we did last year and the year before with guys like Brandon Graham and, and Michael Bennett and stuff like that. Yeah, why did, why did uh, Michael Bennett, why did that not really work out? Or how big of a loss is that going to be with him? Well, like I said, I mean, he you know, he was a big contributor last year. I mean, he was around the passer an awful lot, you know, sort of the same way he's been over the course of his career. But, you know, players change. Um, you know, every year you have a different set of characters, whether it's draft picks, whether it's, um, you know, free agents that you sign, guys that were traded away, whatever it is. And as coaches, we can't dwell on that. We just have to dwell on what we have now and find a way for um, our production to remain um, high. Like I said, our defense line is extremely important to us. A guy I probably missed in that whole thing was Vinny Curry. And um, I'm really excited to have Vinny back. Vinny, Vinny played a really strong role for us that Super Bowl year. And in the, throughout the spring, he looked he looked as good, if not better, than I've ever remembered him. So I think he'll, you'll see big contributions from him. Too. We'll have plenty of guys to be able to rotate. You guys know we don't play... We, we prefer not to play anybody too many snaps up there so that we can keep guys fresh and, and keep them going. Do you expect to have Fletch back soon? Um, well, he's not on any of the injured list. So, you know, again, um, just be patient. 
and make sure those guys are right. You know, there's no sense, particularly a guy like Fletch, that he's not trying to make the team. You know, um, let's let's give him all the time in the world to be able to make sure he's right when he's out there. He's chomping at the bit. He wants to be out there, but sometimes discretion's the better side of valor. Is it? Discretion's whatever. Whatever that quote is, just put that down. And you just and 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 you have to and you have to you have to be um, you have to be patient and realize that we're not playing any games right now. The whole thing is to get ready. Training camp is to get ready for the regular season. It's not to um, you know, win this practice or, you know, put everybody out there that first day is to get ready for not just the opener, but the course of 16 games. If we do a good job in training camp, we'll have done that. All right, thanks, guys. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're stating the obvious there, right? It's different because everybody's out there, um, which is really exciting. You know, we got the ability to come out there and, and start putting the work in and, and talking about the details and coaching through the details. Um, and the communication and, and the trust and, and all those things are important to play in offensive football. Mike, how is Nate uh, expanding his, his role as the number two guy? Uh, wait, I don't know. Like, Expand his role, what do you mean? Like, what's different about his role going from the number two, or going from the number three to going number right. two? Well, he's one play away from going in the game, obviously. That's the, that's the biggest thing. So mentally, um, you know, he's got to prepare himself like a starter. He's getting more reps. Um, I, I think that that, you know, maybe just from a practice standpoint would be the biggest difference if you were to ask him. Now, last year at this time, he was getting a lot of reps because uh, of, of our quarterback situation last training camp. So he's used to getting those reps, but now he knows, okay, I got to be ready to go. I got to be on the detail of each and every play. And, uh, and he's very studious. He's energetic. And, and uh, he's a smart guy, and he's done a really good job of that. This is the deepest group of wide receivers that you've, that you've had. I mean, the, the first four are pretty obvious. But you've had a lot of guys out there who look like they can play in the NFL. That's a great observation, and I, I would agree with that. Um, really excited about, you know, that group as a whole. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, everybody talks about, uh, you know, Alshon, uh, Deshaun, and, and Nelly, but um, we've got a lot of depth, guys that have played in this league, that have, that have made plays for us or other people. Um, that have size and have the skill set that you're looking for at the position, so it's a very competitive position. Mike, I kind of talked uh, in the offseason about looking at 12 personnel, how to better utilize it. You guys seem to have started these team drills in 12. Is that a conscious effort? to? No, I mean, I think we led the league in 12 personnel last year, so uh, we're very focused on that personnel group. Um, we know that we've got a, a, you know, a really strong five group of skill guys when we're out there when we're in 12. And we feel really confident when we go to 11. Um, so either group we feel really strongly about. And uh, we want to continue to to refine what we're doing with those guys. You know, last year uh, at this time, to, to Zach's point, um, you know, we were just getting to know Dallas's game. And, and now we really understand uh, Dallas's strengths. So from that standpoint, we're further down the road. What are, what are his strengths? Can you talk about well, you got a good, good look at it today. Um, you know, in the passing game, the guy is explosive. He gets down the field in a hurry. He's a big target. And uh, he's got soft hands. He's, he's easy to spot down the field. 
Um, so we had a really explosive play, really good looking play there to Dallas. But um, you know, even more than that, we think that he, you know, he's continuing his development on the line of scrimmage as a blocker, um, really understanding the game and the communication that it takes not only play uh, his position, but you know, next to the tackle and, and all the things that they got to get done together. And uh, he was really strong at the point of attack and continued to improve all year long last year. We've seen Nelson Aguilar really blossom these last few years, especially. Where's his cap? What, I mean, what else can he do beyond? beyond well, I, I hope he's 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 got a ceiling uh, even higher than what he's been. And um, like you said, he's had two really really productive years. He's a guy that uh, is very dependable for us and really probably an unsung hero uh, in our offense. Does a lot of things that that a lot of people don't notice, but is recognized by his teammates. Um, so he's willing to do that. He's, he's an excellent teammate. He loves loves uh, playing here, and um, he'll do anything that we ask. And I think uh, you know being surrounded by uh, all the other guys in the huddle only only helps him. What's that trickle down like in that running back room? Well, I know uh, everybody's excited to have Darren back. Uh, made a lot of plays for us. You know, once he got healthy last season, um, down the stretch, uh, helped us win games. He's valuable uh, in that running back room from an experience standpoint. Uh, an energy standpoint, you know, he's just a true pro, and uh, we're really lucky to have Darren back. Yeah, I think competition's really good. I mean, it certainly, uh, you know, if I was in that room, I'd get my attention when you bring him back. Like, um, you know, he walks in there, you, you know, there, there's a guy that's that's made a ton, ton of plays and uh, potential Hall of Famer. What are some of the uh, unnoticed things that you mentioned about Nelson Aguilar? Uh, I would probably be talking mostly about, you know, his blocking and, and things like that. Um, where he, you know, he, he really had to do a lot of blocking for us at the point of attack, and he's very willing and uh, and tough. Uh, he's tough, and he can run all day long. What's the plan for Vitae Gassum? He's our right guard right now. I mean, we're trying to prepare him uh, that way. You know, we're, we're obviously managing uh, Brandon through his injury, and I'm uh, just trying to prepare to get ready to play in that first preseason game. Preseason game. But um, also building depth. Um, as you know, as you go through the course of a 16-week season, you know, um, you're not always playing with the same 11 every week. So we're, we're, you know, we're trying to do two things, kill two birds with, with oh, one stone. Dallas Goddard's development. What, what is it about 12 that you really like? What, as a concept? What, well, we think there's, it's, it's a very versatile personnel group. I think more people, uh, you know, on defense, um, you're not getting uh, base defense as much uh, as you used to. Um, you know, more people playing what we would call a big nickel. So they're bringing a safety into the game rather than a corner, uh, if that makes sense to you. So um, we still really like that matchup with both of our tight ends um, on a safety. Um, so that's that's one of the things, whether it be in the, in the passing game or the running game. Then, you know, like you mentioned, Dallas is blocking and, and Zach's diligence with the blocking as well to be able to run effectively out of 12. For the first time, you really got to see Miles Sanders these last few days, the first time with the pads. Right. What are your expectations here in the early going for? Well, we drafted him, you know, in that position because we think that he can be a really good player. Um, but I'd still say it's a little early. I haven't, you know, seen a ton of miles yet. Obviously, really liked him coming out of Penn State. Um, and, and what we've asked him to do here in a, in a limited role early as, as we're kind of ramping him up and making sure that he gets his legs underneath him. Um, uh, is, has been been exciting, been what we thought he would be. Mike, you have uh, Matt Collins back out. Did you know what he's going through to get to this point? What's it mean you know, to see him out there and, and moving around like he is? Well, um, as his former position coach, I've got a lot of respect for Mac. Um, guy loves football. Uh, he's got a real energy about him uh, each and every day, and he's the same guy. He's like that every day. Uh, he really doesn't change. So. Um, to persevere like he did through through an injury that um, 
you know, most guys uh, don't have. There really wasn't a true definition of it. It was just kind of how you feel in the day. And uh, to be able to persevere through that and uh, kind of come out the other side and be back out here with us, um, I couldn't be happier for Max. I know how much he put into it and how much it means to him. Boston Scott hearing some praise during the spring. Yep. Sproles comes in and everybody thinks he might be the guy that is on the bubble now. What what what's he been like in the room and, and out here on the field? Yeah, I mean, um, well, since we got uh, Boston from New Orleans, he's 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 done a really really good job for us. Um, we haven't done any of the math yet in terms of you know making the final roster. So he's got every opportunity to come out here and compete. Made a great catch. Took a took a big shot there on the sideline. Held on to the football. You know, came in and then had a run there at the, at the end of practice. So you can see the skill set that, that the guy's got. It's uh, it's evident. So we're excited to continue to, to work him in there and see what he can do here in the preseason. I don't have the luxury of time with Andre Billy, but first round pick, how has he looked to you? Is he as physically impressive as you thought? Yeah, you know, Andre uh, obviously is was one of the quick-footed uh, tackles, real real big skill guys, what I like to call those guys up front. And um, he can kick out. He can, he can pass protect. And... Um, you know, he's coming from a different system, so there's a lot of things for him to learn, but he's extremely sharp. Um, he can speak our language. Now he's just got this first day in pads in an NFL uniform. So um, really just on the ground floor with him, but excited about his, his future. You had the officials in for the rules change stuff. Mm-hmm. What stuck out to you? Is it pass interference or is it the blindside block thing? Well, the blindside block really, I mean, we've, we've basically coached it the way that it's being officiated, uh, you know, for the last couple years now. So that's just about guys being smart. Um, and taking some of those violent hits out of the game. And I think that, uh, you know, everybody's on board with that. You get ramped up sometimes, you you know, in the heat of the moment, you, you kind of forget where you are, and, and those things do happen. But you do your best to try to coach the players out of that from a technical standpoint. Um, you know, like everybody's talking about, the pass interference and how it's going to be officiated, and then, you know, how, you know, how, how we're going to manage it throughout the course of a game, whether the challenge or not, hold on to the challenges, all those things. Um, you know, I think that we're going to have to get into the preseason games and and, and, and use those uh, as a litmus test to try to figure that out. But from a, a technique standpoint, offensively, we've always tried to coach and play within the rules. Um, you know, we haven't tried to gain advantages by pushing no, off and all those kinds of things. We've tried to coach the right way, get our players to play the right way. Um, we know that when you slow it down and slow-mo, things can look a little bit different than in the live action. Um, so, you know, it just is an emphasis for us. We see offenses kind of emphasizing contact now, like in soccer. <laughs> oh, you mean like flopping? Uh, I hope our game doesn't turn into a bunch of flops, to be, to be honest, yeah. I was high profile today. I'm sorry. I, I mentioned the gymnast, that it just seems that that's going to cause a lot more controversy than we had before, because once they start reviewing it, you'll see elements of offensive and defensive pass interference in almost every play. Yeah, I think you could probably nitpick on every play, Merrill, to your point. And um, hopefully it just doesn't slow the, the flow of the game down, um, you know, that we, we just allow it to develop. We work through in the preseason, like any rule change, right? How does it affect me? That's what people want to know when, you know, anything changes. How is that going to affect me? How is that going to affect us? And, uh, you know, we got to coach through it. we got to learn how they're going to officiate it, and we have to adapt to it. It's not as high, it's not as high profile, but... It's a point of emphasis, not a rule change. But the backside blocking that they want to be right. holding on. Yeah. Have you guys put? Well, the, the the clips that they showed us yesterday in our in our uh, meeting with the officials, um, those were very obvious calls and should be called. And um, you know, just like we're talking about with the pass interference, uh, you know, 
it's it's a way you know a lot of those cutoff blocks on the back side they're hard blocks you're out leveraged so the only way to really get a guy uh in two steps is to grab him and they're trying to take that out of the game and i think rightfully so so we got to just do a good job coaching them. all right guys thank you G and